Everybody say, for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. Created and formed and fashioned in this time for the Lord. And so we want to be encouraged in the Lord. And we want to be strengthened in his faith. And um, I'm going to give you what the Spirit's given me for today. And if you could go to Matthew 8. He's encouraging our faith. Matthew 8. We're going to start on verse 5. I'm going to read this passage, and then I'll explain his heart. Matthew 8, verse 5. Y'all there? (laughs) It says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented, And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, so when Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those who followed, as surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you, that many will come from east and west, which is the Gentiles, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed So let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. This is such a glorious testimony of the grace and mercy of God. And that this Roman centurion obviously had witnessed and had known, had seen and heard about Jesus and the ministry and the power that he was walking in. And... He understands rank and order and authority, being one in authority, being one over many, having soldiers under him. He understands commands. He understands that when he says go, they go. He, say, he understands when they say, he says come, they come. And, and he says do this and, and he knows the servant is going to do it. He understands what authority looks like. He's a man under authority. He's a man of authority. And from this perspective, we see this miracle. The Lord didn't have to include this knowledge of the testimony of this centurion, right? He could have just been another person who came forward and believed the Lord to heal. 
but he acknowledges so that we can see his role and function, a Gentile, a Roman centurion, and how the Holy Ghost was manifesting revelation knowledge of the authority of the Christ, of the authority of Jesus here. And this man saw it. This man smelt it. This man perceived that Jesus was under authority and had authority. Okay? The Holy Spirit was not in this man. Do you understand? But the Holy Spirit was manifesting the kingdom. The Holy Spirit was manifesting the kingdom and revelation knowledge of the Christ to this one. And we stand in awe of this day where Jesus says in verse 10, he marveled. It says Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to those who followed, surely I say to you. He's always teaching us and who are following himself and his word. Yes? He says, pay attention. Look at this. Observe this. Look at this. I have not found such great faith. In all of Israel. This is powerful. And it's kind of a rebuke. But at the same time, it's, he's caught up in the joy of the Holy Spirit. And how he is manifesting Christ's authority here to those who aren't even in covenant with him. And to those who have great need. He's marveling at the goodness of God, and he's proclaiming and testifying and blessing this man, saying that he has great faith. Great faith. Jesus is the man of faith. He is faith. He is the word. Jesus always believes. Amen? (laughs) And so he's acknowledging this, and then he goes on and he prophesies in verse 11, out of this atmosphere. Out of this atmosphere, he begins to prophesy. Jesus does. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, alluding to the Gentiles, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Wow. He's prophesying in this sphere and realm in the glory presence of what he called great faith. Because if you even think about that, that is a shocking statement. Even though the prophets prophesied, you see it through Isaiah, that the Gentiles will come in. But yet he's bringing that to the now moment through this atmosphere of glory, of power and authority. And he declares that many will come. Then the negative side of the prophecy is, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's alluding to the sons that will not believe on him, that will not believe that he is the Christ, the ones that did not believe that he is the Messiah. Truth? Say amen. So then Jesus turns to the man. You see, so he's marveling. He's astonished with what God is saying here. He's marveling at this man's great faith. He's marveling at what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He's ushering in that presence. And then he says to him, so go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. 
That's the atmosphere of heaven. Be it done to me according to your word. I have not found such great faith. So out of the word himself, he declares, go your way as you have believed. As you have believed. And obviously according to his words, because he says, you just say the word. So you see that he was believing in his heart. And what came out of his heart came out of his mouth. Say the word. That's all you got to do. You don't even have to come to the house. Do you understand? You don't even have to tangibly come here. (laughs) Say the word. Give the command. Proclaim the order. It shall be done. That is amazing. And his servant was healed that same hour. Let's go to Matthew 15. Hallelujah. Matthew 15. We're going to start on verse 21. My subtitle says, Jesus heals the Gentile woman's daughter. (laughs) A Gentile shows her faith. Hmm. Verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region And cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came, and they urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, referring to the Gentiles. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. So then Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Hmm. How good is the Lord walking along the way, going around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, staying within the boundaries that the Father had told him to do. He was sent to the Jew first, to Israel, his people. Yet the glory of God was expanding from the east into the west. All the areas in between, because wherever the Christ went, the glory of the Lord was manifesting. And some saw it. Some recognized it. Some felt something different than what they knew in the false gods that they had been serving. Some saw something in him that they had not known. There was no hope. There was no hope but for God to come. From the Roman centurion for his servant, to this woman, for her daughter. 
There was no hope for them. You have to understand the setting. There was no hope. They had no covenant with God. But the word was manifesting from heaven in their midst. And by the grace of God, they saw it. They laid hold of it. They stepped into his sphere of authority. They stepped into his sphere of compassion and mercy and healing. They stepped into this authority from heaven to the word on their dirt, in their realm, in their sufferings. And he stayed as faithful to what he was called to do, and yet he prophesies, and he declares the truth. And it's going to influence everyone around them and literally change and birth something from that place that would literally go into the ends of the earth. Because today we don't have Jesus right here in front of us. We have him in us now. Amen? And yet what grace and mercy has come to us that we might be able to believe on Jesus as the Holy One sent from God. The Christ, the Messiah. Amen? The same atmosphere exists today because Jesus is the Word made manifest. The power of God. How glorious. Great faith. Great faith. We teach in our school of ministry about all the different ways that faith is represented in the scripture. And only two times is stated here through Christ of great faith. Because they didn't, he, all he had to do, they relied on his word. Say it. I know you hear me. You see my heart and my condition. Not letting go of that anointing that he carries. Totally drawing in to themselves the kingdom of heaven, even when they're not permitted to enter. <laughs> Woman, great is your faith. Be it to you as you desire. Go your way as you have believed. Let it be done for you. Now let's go to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verse 22. My subtitle says, Jesus walks on the sea. Okay. Just your everyday Every normal day with Christ, right? Just going to walk on the sea. Hallelujah. We, we read these subtitles and we just, and Jesus walked on the sea. Awesome. So here you go. Verse 22. Matthew 14, 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately, I love it, immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It's me. It's I. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Well, Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, (laughs) why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him and said, Truly, you're the Son of God. (laughs) So, In this beautiful testimony that the Lord truly set up, right? It's a setup. It's a divine Holy Ghost setup. And everywhere this man goes, the kingdom of heaven and glory is going to manifest. And I think he just had a lot of fun doing it. I think he had a lot of joy in this, knowing full well what God was able to do and would do. And we love this story. We love this testimony. We often try to put ourselves in the same picture. And most often we come up short thinking, oh, there's no way I would have ever gotten out of that boat. But this is the atmosphere that the Lord Jesus brings with him. You see, this is kingdom authority that he brings with him. And if he chooses to walk across the sea, the authority of heaven is going to encompass that sea. And everything on the sea is going to bow to the word of faith, to the word of God to the Christ, to the Messiah, to the Son of the living God. Everything has opportunity to shift because he chose at the fourth watch of the night to walk on the sea. You know, we may say in our after supper time, I'm going to go for a little walk. But none of us, I'm not sure, have been saying, I'm just going to go for a little walk on the Concho River. Right? (laughs) I'm just saying. This man knows exactly who he is and what he's doing. And wherever he goes, the Spirit of God is expectant to what the Word will do. And he's influencing these disciples of his. They're used to maybe ghosts and tales and stories of the seas of those who have been departed or they drown in the sea, that their spirits would come back 
demons tormenting, they're familiar with that. But they're not familiar with the God-man walking on the water. And so I love his joy. Be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. Right? Peter said, here it is. Here's, here's the glory. So Lord, if it is you, he's testing the spirit. He's testing the voice. He's testing what he's seeing right now. If it is you, command me. Sound familiar? <laughs> the centurion says, say the word. That's it. The woman cried out, I see who you are. And you are the fullness of mercy and compassion. I know that you can do this. Be it done to me according to your word. That's it. Command me to come to you on these waters. Command me to come to you on the water. Who does that? That's the atmosphere of heaven and kingdom authority. He was just caught up in it. Yet we're going to see in a little bit, there was way more that God intended here. So the Lord is so faithful. Come. He will never tell us no. He won't. I think the word says that he is the yes and amen. I'm saying, come. Come. Come step into my dominion. Come walk with me. Come. Peter came down on the boat. And it says he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Hallelujah. This is real. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Huh. But he took his eyes off of Jesus, as humans do, and saw that the wind was boisterous, and he became afraid, and he began to sink. Immediately, that's when he began to sink, because that's what fear does to you. But yet he cried out to the Lord, save me. That was the cry of the others that I just read about. Help us, save us. Because apart from you, we can do nothing. Correct? Save me, Lord. And I love this. Immediately, Jesus, of course, stretched out his hand and caught him, he didn't say, he didn't say, oh, great is your faith. He didn't say that. You're like, are you serious? He got out of the boat and he walked on the water. That looks like great faith to me. But where he was coming in his goodness and grace was you of little faith. Why did you doubt? You see that? Because that's the reality of humans. And, and that's the reality of where you're bringing the supernatural to our flesh. And we have to step out in faith and walk towards the Lord and hear his word to us and say, be it done to us according to your word. God wants us to walk in great faith. None of us degrade Peter here. If you do, you need to repent. Because until you walk on water, then we'll talk about it. To me, this is great faith. But he just took his eyes off of Christ. That's all. 
And in that, the Lord uses these moments to teach us all to this day, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Correct? And the, the glory here is not only did Jesus change him, but now it says when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. That, that heaven's atmosphere is settling the storm. Heaven is invading the boat. <laughs> Heaven is coming to do something new amongst them as he's training them up in the ways of the kingdom. He knows exactly what he's doing. Everything is a teachable moment with Jesus. Everything. You've heard the old saying, don't waste your trials. Everything. Everything. Everything can be turned around for those who believe for good. To those who seek his face and know, God, you're doing something way glorious in me. I had no idea what you're doing, but you're doing a good work. And I believe it. Yes? Command me to come to you on the water. What a statement of faith. Now let's go to Luke 1. Say, be it done to me according to your word. Luke 1, we're going to start on verse 26. You good? Luke 1, 26. We just read this recently. <laughs> it says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. Who? Okay. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Who is talking to her? The angel. Of course, the angel is, right? The angel says to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled as his saying, at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. It's like, why have you come to me? Why are you here? She knew the lowly state of who she is. Why have you come to me? She didn't doubt that he was Gabriel. But why have you come to me? You see it? And the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. So Gabriel greets her, brings heaven with him to her, settles the, the fear that humans have with the supernatural, and said, you have found favor with God, Mary. Then he proclaims God's word to her. The angel is the messenger. The angel brings the word of the Lord. The angel brings the word of the Lord. Why? Because God said to. That's why. God chose it to be this way. Hallelujah. Because the word of God 
was about to be conceived in her womb. Okay, so the word sends the angel and look at the prophecy. His name shall be Jesus, the son of God. He'll be great, the son of the highest. He will have the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob of Israel. His kingdom will be, there will be no end. What authority, what kingdom revelation is coming to this young woman? And Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And 35, the angel answered and says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, here we go, nothing will be impossible. So then Mary says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her because she received it. The atmosphere of heaven comes to this woman, and then he tells her how this is going to take place. Because of the Holy Spirit who will come upon her, the power of the Most High will overshadow her. The seed of God will be planted in her to the Holy Ghost. And then he prophesies more about Elizabeth, who is conceived in her old age, which is miraculous, correct? (laughs) And... Actually, she's in the sixth month for whom is called barren. Look at all of these impossibilities. And yet God's heart and plan all along is to manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth. And he had to come to his own first from where he would come from. Yes? This is powerful testimony. And if the angel says with God nothing will be impossible... I think we might want to listen to the angels. Amen. All right? They represent and present and carry the word of the Lord at the bidding of the Holy Ghost. With God, nothing will be impossible. You see this faith? Great faith. Great faith. And and we're not drawn to a comment or statement that, Mary, great is your faith. Right? You see the opposite from Mary. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Amen? And she states this, so the angel is able to go in peace. Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. My subtitle here says, Simeon sees God's salvation. Luke 2, verse 25. It says, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ 
the Messiah, the promised one. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. That means the Spirit of God led him there in this very moment. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. How many? All peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. He's quoting the prophets. He's quoting the spoken word of God under the inspiration of the kingdom of heaven manifesting at eight days old. (laughs) And the spirit of grace and supplication is coming to say, now, son, you can go in peace because you have seen the fulfillment of my father's promise. Not only to Israel, but to the world, to the Gentiles, to those in whom would believe. What a miracle. What power. And his call had been to literally intercede and decree and pray and worship God. And declare what God was saying. He was obedient, just, and devout. Go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 13. My subtitle here says, Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. (laughs) Verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples and he said, who do men say I am? Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, well, some say John the Baptist and some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. In verse 15, he says, so who do you say that I am? So Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Where are we going here? Where are we going here? (laughs) And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth would have been loosed in heaven. Where are we going with this? (laughs) Great is your faith. But here he says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, but my Father, 
the father testified of his son that he was the Christ, the Messiah. Yes, the father. This is revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. The father says, and then he continues and he says, and I say to you, Jesus talking. Now, this is what my father gave to you. Now, based on this revelation, here's the foundation. Now, I say to you, the Christ says to him now, the Messiah speaks to him now and says, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. His ecclesia, his government, his way to rule and bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Hallelujah. And he goes on to tell you, don't worry, hell is bound. <laughs> and what you bind is bound. What you loose is loosed. What's permitted in heaven shall be granted on earth. What's not allowed in heaven shall not be allowed on earth. What authority. What authority that the Son of God is choosing to give to these in his midst. This is amazing. The same one that stepped out of the boat and onto the water. Hallelujah. So do the math. Is the church of Jesus Christ supposed to walk in great faith? Is the church of Jesus Christ supposed to lay hold and stand on the foundation that has been laid through his word? Christ himself. Should we walk with great faith? Should we take him at his word? Should we have faith of his compassion, his mercy, his faithfulness to the Gentiles? I'm just saying, he's bringing kingdom authority. He's bringing kingdom revelation. And here we are, Lord. Now I'm going to read you some verses from Psalm 119. You're not going to have time to even look them up, but you can write them down. Listen to this. Psalms 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Verse 41, let your mercies come also to me, Lord. Your salvation according to your word. 58, I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. Verse 65, you have dealt well with your servant, O oh Lord, according to your word. Verse 76, let I pray your merciful kindness be my comfort according to your word to your servant. Verse 107, I'm afflicted very much, so revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Verse 116, uphold me according to your word that I may live. Do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Verse 154, plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. And 169, let my cry come before you, O Lord, and give me understanding according to your word. This is his desire that 
we would have revelation, knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ears open, eyes to see, a heart that responds and knows. Well, be it done to me according to your word. Speak your word and your servant shall prosper. Command ye me concerning the work of my hands, God said. And the word of God made manifest to not only dwell within us, but to operate within and through us to bring hope and healing in every work that he did to this planet while it's called today. So let's stand. And we're going to pray that there would be a new impartation to all of us who hear his heart today and the kingdom of authority today and the word of God and his compassion and mercy. Amen. Father, we honor your word. You sent your word and healed all of our diseases. You sent your word made manifest in the flesh to deliver us from evil. You sent your word to take our sin upon himself. And by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. You sent your word to incur the wrath of God so that we could be forgiven and come into the kingdom of heaven as he prophesied. You sent your word to deliver us and to give us shalom, peace, a wholeness, Lord. You sent your word to do miracles in our midst of which there is no hope for us, no hope for us. But you have given us your promise. And we stand on the rock and on the foundation of Jesus Christ, knowing in whom we have believed that you are faithful and true. And as we meditate on these words and we cry out to you, God, in our distress, you hear us. You eagerly come to us and we receive that the kingdom of heaven is manifesting now and forevermore until we see you face to face. Seal it in our hearts, Lord, and awaken great faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.